0: Welcome to the Natural Skin Biz Program, where we discuss all things plants, people, and skin. For those of you listening for the first time, my name is Lynn. I'm an ethnobiologist, licensed esthetician, and owner of the Genesis Studio Spa in beautiful downtown Waterloo. Many of you have heard of and probably have tried essential oils. If not, today's episode is especially for you. When people come to me and ask, which oils should I start with? I recommend four. The fab fours, I like to call them. They are tea tree, lavender, peppermint, and eucalyptus. Today's episode is part one of a four-part series that will explore these four incredible plants and their oils. So let's get started with tea tree. tree oil comes from the leaves of a tree native to the eastern coast of Australia or western Papua New Guinea and also New Caledonia. The habitat for this plant is along creek banks and swapping ground. Its genus name is Melaleuca and the family name is Myrtaceae. Now, when we're talking about genus and species, it's kind of like first name, last name. So one kind of identifies you in a larger group, like your last name, and your first name is specifically you. So when I talk about plants and genus and species, it's kind of like first, last name so we can identify that plant. The family is kind of like if um, my name, I'm Lynn Tackett, I'm part of the Tackett family, but my husband's family, Tackett, may be part of a larger family that's kind of spread all over the United States. That's kind of what we're talking about. So that's my crash course into what a family genus and species is. So to review, the genus for this plant is Melaleuca, And you may have heard of that name because there is actually a company that focuses on that oil and its products. So Melaleuca, and it's in the family called Myrtalacea. The word Melaleuca actually is formed from the Greek word melis, which is black, and leukos, which means white. It's referencing the black trunk and white stems. In fact, in Australia, Melaleuca is also known as the paperbark tree. It's a distant relation to the eucalyptus plant, which is also in the same family of Myrtaceae. The history of Melaleuca is varying. So I pulled this one folklore. It's a folklore story from the 1995 Tea Tree Oil National Conference. It was an opening speech by Dr. Alan Tuami, And forgive me if I'm not pronouncing the word bunjalung. It's B-U-N-D-J-A-L-U-N-G. So for all of you in Australia, I am so sorry that if I'm mispronouncing it, I'm really trying not to. It just one of those words like a lot I run across in the science field that's just a little tricky to pronounce so I'll try my best. In the of Ilamani, we learn of a beautiful princess who has to leave her true lover and travel through the bushland of coastal New South Wales. The journey was long, and the forest trail was unknown to Ilamani. She was concerned that the return to her loved one and family would be difficult. Elamani was no ordinary princess, and so she spoke to the gods of the earth and planets and was rewarded with special seeds that were to be sown along the trails. As Elamani walked through the forests, the bellbirds called reassuringly, and willy-wagtails followed protectively through their territory the special seeds were scattered on the moist, fertile forest soil. Falling to the ground, they grew roots and shoots and flew towards the sun. So remarkable were these trees that their beautiful white paper bark stood out from all other trees. At night, the polished sheen reflected the light of the moon showing the trail. Elamani felt so safe, knowing that the gods had given her such a powerful marker protector on her journey. And so, the trees of Ilamani flourished, and over the eons of time, the Bundjalin people came to learn of the magical properties. Just as the trees had protected Ilamani, the leaves were found to protect against infection and skin ailments. That is such a cool story. So, where did we get the name Tea Tree from? Well, the name Tea Tree came in 1770 from Captain James Cook. Yep, that Captain James Cook, the British explorer, navigator, and cartographer for the British Royal Navy. When he saw natives making tea that smelled like nutmeg from the leaves on the Melaleuca tree, he called the plant a tea tree. And there you have it. Later, Cook and his crew mixed tea tree with spruce to make beer. The oral history of Australian Aborigines talk about healing lakes. And these were found to be lagoons which the alternifolia leaves from the Melaleuca plant had fallen into and decayed over time. So it's kind of like one big natural cup of tea. Eventually, as more people came to Australia, people like Dr. Arthur Penfold, a chemist from Sydney, Australia, found out about melaleuca and researched its antiseptic properties. So together with Frank Richard Morrison, they published the Australian Tea Trees of Economic Value. And after World War II, Frank Richard Morrison became the economic chemist, the deputy director, and eventually the director for the Technological Museum in Sydney, Australia. During World War II, tea tree was used by the Australian military as an important component of the soldier's kit. But then in the 1950s or the 1970s, tea trees popularity declined. But hey, good news, in the 1980s, there was a resurgence of the natural remedies and they brought back tea tree. Yay! So it was back into the spotlight and gave rise to the Australian plantations for commercial harvesting and the distillation of the tea tree. According to MarketWatch.com, tea tree oil is extracted from the Melaleuca alternifolia and Australia is the main producer with 80% of the tea tree oil market. The sales volume of tree oil was 692 metric tons in 2017, of which 81.51% is produced in Australia. North America and Europe are the major consumption markets, with global market share of 48% and 22% in 2017. The global tree oil market is valued at a whopping 35 million US dollars in 2020 and is expected to reach 50 million US dollars by the end of 2026. So how do they get the oil from the plant? That is a good question. Well the answer is steam distillation. That's a process that uses water or steam to separate the components that are temperature sensitive to decomposition. Plants are delicate just in and of themselves and they require careful handling. So the essential oils are separated by boiling water just below the boiling point of the sensitive material. The steam is created and exposed to the plant material. In this case the leaves and the terminal branches which are the tips where the new growth occurs and this process safely separates the oil from the plant material. Sometimes I like to think of it between milk and cream you know you have to separate the two cream rises the top you skim it off well it's sort of like that so when you go and you buy essential oil sometimes you'll see something called a hydrosol and the hydrosol is the leftover water material after they skimmed off the essential oil so hydrosols and essential oil are kind of, sort of, like cream and milk. Once condensed, the clear to pale yellow oil is separated from the waterous distillate, and the yield of that oil is typically 1 to 2 percent of the wet plant material weight. Did you know that tea tree oil is regulated by an international standard for oil of Melaleuca? Huh, and that's set by the International Organization for Standardization in Geneva, Switzerland. there you go a little bit of trivia and info about tea tree oil so let's move on to the properties and those are claims about an essential oil and for tea tree the properties are that it's antimicrobial antibacterial anti-inflammatory antiviral and antifungal Okay, the earliest form of the antimicrobial use goes back to the story we talked about with the Bundjalung Aborigines of northern New South Wales. Uh, they used crushed leaves of the tea trees and they were inhaled to treat coughs and colds, or they were sprinkled on wounds after which a poultice was applied. Tea tree leaves are soaked to make an infusion to treat sore throats or skin ailments. An infusion is basically like a cup of tea. In fact, when you drink a black tea, a green tea, or a white tea, you're actually drinking infusion made from Camellia sinensis. And that's a plant that's used to make those teas. So an infusion is just a general term where you take plants, whether maybe it's the blossoms or the leaves, and you soak them in hot water so that it takes the plant material and it goes into the water and you drink it. So in this case, you make tea from tea tree leaves. A 1925 research paper by Penfold and Grant, remember those guys, made a comparison with tea tree oil and the disinfectant carbolic acid or phenol, which was a gold standard of the day. Tea tree oil was 11 times more effective than phenol. On the antibacterial claims, most of the literature comes from the 1940s through the 1980s. In one 1980 paper, specifically in 1987, quote, The activity of tea tree oil against antibiotic-resistant bacteria has attracted considerable interest, with methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which we all know as MRSA, receiving the most attention so far. The potential to use tea tree oil against MRSA was first hypothesized during the 1980s. And a 2006 report showed that tea tree oil to be effective against 27 types of bacteria, including Staphylococcus aureus, which is present in small amounts on the skin, but can lead to a serious, if not fatal, staph infection. According to Dr. Axe, I think a lot of you have heard of him. It's great. I love reading his articles. In Dr. Axe's lab studies have shown that teacher oil can inhibit the growth of bacteria. There is a whole bunch of type, including various strains of Staphylococcus. And these bacteria can cause serious infections, including pneumonia, urinary tract infections, respiratory illnesses, bloodstream infections, strep throat, sinus infections, and pedagogy. On the antifungal, there are all kinds of reports. i got several of them here. If you'd like me to send them to you, uh, just email me at lane at I'd be happy to send them to you. There are a lot. And if I tried to get through them all, we'd have to get a double dose of triple shot espresso just to stay wake. So basically I will say that in a 2006 report showed that teacher oil was effective against 18 different fungi. So I think that's pretty good. I've used it against uh, toe fungus years ago and wiped that puppy out. So there you have it. You know, I mentioned earlier that there is a resurgence to using the natural. So that's true. If you go to the grocery store, if you go out to either Walgreens or CVS, you're going to see tea trees showing up in all kinds of stuff like household and cosmetic products, including disinfectant sprays, face washes, shampoos, massage oils, skin and nail creams, and even laundry detergents. In fact, a 2002 human study published in the journal the American Academy of Dermatology showed that tea tree can even help a dry scalp and dandruff. Huh. So how do you use it? Well, I actually have recommended using it straight. Put a couple drops on a cotton swab and just dab it for ingrown hairs. You can use it on bug bites, acne. You can try it on the scrapes directly, but if you're not sure, it's best to use a carrier oil. Now, carrier oil would be something like olive oil or avocado oil, and then you mix a couple drops of essential oil. And that's because some essential oils are so concentrated and their properties are so strong that it can actually burn the skin. So you want to be very careful. So it's preferable to diffuse um, like this essential oil with a carrier at a one-to-one ratio. And that means one drop of your olive oil or avocado oil, one drop of the tea tree oil just to be safe. And again, you can put that little mixture on a cotton swab for bug bites, acne, scrapes, ingrown hairs, and also as a disinfectant and a natural antibiotic. And again, works great for toe fungus. I put the drop straight onto the cotton swab, dab it on the fungus, and waited for that to grow out and all the new nail is fresh and fungus-free. You know, if you take tea tree oil and you mix it lavender essential oil, it can help a sensitive skin, including rosacea and eczema. Whatever you do, never, ever, ever take tea tree oil orally. So in other words, never consume it internally. You can diffuse it with a diffuser, but most of the time you're going to want to use it topically. Be sure to check with a healthcare professional for any potential contraindication. And a contraindication would be an adverse reaction, especially if you are taking supplements, pharmaceutical drugs, or medicines. How do you buy it? The best way is at a natural health care retailer, a natural spa or salon, chiropractor, massage therapist, or any other professional location that promotes natural remedies please don't buy the cheap stuff on the internet if you do ah, that little two or five dollar bottle is probably a knockoff a fake or it's adulterated which means it's been mixed with a whole bunch of synthetic stuff that doesn't do you any good and it's just yeah you don't want to risk it make sure you buy a quality essential oil Make sure the oil is also not labeled for aromatherapy use. Sometimes they also incorporate other ingredients that are synthetic uh, and for fragrance use only. So check the label, make sure it's not for aromatherapy use, and that it is a pure essential oil. Since tea tree oil is not used in fragrances, it shouldn't be a problem. Thank you for joining the program today, and I hope you had fun learning about tea tree. Join me next time for part two of the Fab Four as we learn more about lavender. Today's nature quote comes to us by the German Swiss physician and alchemist who established a role of chemistry in modern medicine, that dude we know as Paracelsus. The quote goes, the art of healing comes from nature, not from the physician. Therefore, the physician must start from nature with an open mind. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time.